everybody. Welcome to a new edition of the One Million by One Million podcast. I'm here today with Milos Sokor from Ysoft Ventures. Welcome, Milos, to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for, for having me. Well, tell us a little bit about Ysoft. How big is the fund? Tell us about your investing focus. What kind of investments do you make? Let's get you introduced to our audience. Okay. So I will start with uh, Ysoft Corporation uh, very quickly, which is, uh, which is the company that has started Ysoft Ventures. We are in the print management sector, so we provide uh, a hardware software solution that basically runs uh, multifunction printers for mainly uh, Fortune 500 type companies, so, so large customers with a large number of, of clients. And uh, the main idea is that uh, we have been doing connection of hardware and software in the B2B space since the year 2000. Uh, we produce our own hardware that we, uh, that we manufacture ourselves and we logistically deploy this hardware globally. Uh, we have 16 offices uh, worldwide and we sell in more than 140 countries. And basically one day, uh, the CEO, uh, Václav, who was also in one of your previous podcasts, he has decided yes, actually, that we should... Uh, never... let, me, let me tie that for our audience. If you're interested in uh, learning the story of Ysoft Corporation and Václav Mochnazi, entrepreneur, please go check that story out on our blog, Bootstrapping to 30 Million from Czech Republic. That's the story, and uh, you'll find a full seven-part series, Entrepreneur Journey Story of Vaclav's uh, evolution as an entrepreneur in that part of the world. So go ahead, switching back to you. Go ahead. Yes, yes. And the main story is that uh, Vatlav has basically built a globally operating company out of a very unlikely starting point, out of Brno, Indeed. Czech Republic. Indeed. And uh, we have acquired quite a bit of know-how on how to do uh, products for, for large companies globally and connecting hardware and software. And we just basically decided let's leverage this know-how and let's pass it on in the form of really smart money uh, to our startups that we invest in. And we started Wiseau Ventures. And uh, there are two, uh, two unique points about our venture capital arm. The first one is we do not necessarily invest into companies that have technologies that Wisoft would later acquire. Usually when there is a corporate venture capital fund, uh, companies look for technologies that they maybe later acquire or that somehow fall into their portfolio of, of business. The second one is we have opened up the venture arm to external investors, which usually it's only funded by the mother company that starts the venture fund. And uh, here's the reason why. Uh, like I said, we have acquired a lot of know-how in building uh, companies, global companies, out of an underdog market, Brno, Czech Republic. And uh, it's, it's, it has its own specifics on how to do that, how to motivate uh, partners worldwide that would sell your technology, and how to work with the hardware. So we decided let's only focus on companies that combine hardware and software that are globally scalable and that are in the B2B sector, so companies that are very similar to the way Ysoft does business. And mm -hmm. then... 
Uh, Ysoft at that time uh, was pretty small. Usually companies the size of Ysoft uh, do not start their corporate venture funds. Usually they are much larger. And the interest locally was very high uh, because I think it was lacking, still is, um, a, a VC that would be so solely focused on hardware and provide the know-how that we provide. So we had quite a bit of interest from companies, strong pipeline, and we couldn't finance it ourselves because we basically decided to uh, to use our net net income that we have let left over. And you know, Ysoft is a forever reinvestment uh, company. Uh, Václav is an entrepreneur. Uh, that likes to reinvest all the profits and always grow the company. So this this really made sense, and we opened up the venture arm to external investors as well to be able to finance the uh, the pipeline that we had. Now, what I just said might sound pretty big, but but it's not. It's it's a it's a by by U.S. standards for sure. It's it's a small venture fund. Uh, we started the first one with with only uh, four million U.S. dollars, and we have invested five companies. We are able to do more with less money in this part of the world because of very favorable valuations. So, uh, for example, in the U.S., the kind of money that would maybe buy you uh, a project on paper, we already have a company that might have like 10 or 15 uh, employees and could only uh, would already have some revenue. And uh, we have invested that money uh, pretty quickly, and now we are closing the um, fundraising for our second fund that will be a little larger. It will be about seven million U.S. dollars, and we are looking to finance uh, another five to seven companies in in the okay. same space. Okay. And uh, tell us a bit about geography. Are do all the companies need to be based in your local? whether it's city, country, region, or is it a, a broader charter? What is the geographical sure, boundary sure. in which you invest? Um, at first, we didn't set any geographical boundaries because we are a globally operating company. So we are basically the companies running, obviously, around the clock, people having uh, intercompany in calls uh, late at night because we have uh, we have branches all over the world. But... When we invest into these startups, you, uh, as, they, as I said, they are hardware companies, so they usually come with a prototype printed in a 3D printer that is working, and maybe they have some uh, first customers that have uh, uh, that have paid for the value that the product has created, and we have to work with them hands-on in our manufacturing facility. We have to rework the product to be ready for uh, serial manufacturing. And mm -hmm. uh, then we do the manufacturing, purchase the material. And basically, Ysoft has uh, around 300 employees, and they are all pretty much available to give know-how to our startups. I would be the con main connection point between the mm -hmm. startup and the know-how in the company. So it makes more sense if they're geographically closer because we really spend hundreds of hours per year with them physically, face-to-face, yeah. -face, in our facilities or in our offices. So we could, for example, finance a startup in Helsinki, but I don't think we would be able to transfer as much value. So it, it makes more sense and it's easier for us to do, uh, to do companies in Czech Republic and Slovakia closer to us. Okay. So... Um Talk about the five to seven companies that you have invested in. Just like walk us through what are the concepts, what are the value propositions, and, and 
What kinds of companies are you seeing in that region that fits your investment thesis? Okay, so our region has always been strong in manufacturing for the la- for like the last hundred years. Uh, it's 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 been said that we have uh, uh, very um, very skilled people when it can when it comes to manufacturing something. So it it came natural that with the with the, with the coming of new uh, high tech technologies, that this this old industry uh, in manufacturing would somehow join. So so we do see quite a bit of activity in the hardware space. So I'll start with uh, one of our companies called Savio, and uh, that's a company that we have invested two years ago. And basically, what they do is um, uh, very simply an indoor GPS. And mm-hmm. uh, that is used especially in the automotive industry. And at any time you need to digitize uh, uh, indoor what's happening in your manufacturing facility, warehouse, hospital, uh, but it could be even a sporting facility. And you need to keep track of everything and anything that's inside. So you have data of what's happening inside the space. And then you can build um, different apps uh, on that. So we say that basically Savio has uh, like a fundamental technology for Industry 4.0 because they digitize everything that's happening inside the building. They have been very successful in uh, in automotive um, uh, industry, uh, various applications. Maybe we can get into that uh, get into that later. But they basically provide uh, a hardware software solution. The hardware is the are the tags that you have on machines or workers or forklifts or whatever might be running inside that space, and mm-hmm. it provides you data. For example, one company uh, in the United States came out with a statistics that over 300 people die in U.S. warehouses by being hit by a forklift. And if you put a tag on a, on the worker and on the forklift and, and you tell the software, hey, turn off the forklift when it gets within five feet of a, a random person in, inside the warehouse, it will just shut off and the hit will never happen, basically. So there are some companies using it purely for, for safety. Other companies are using it for access or, or disabling access to certain areas. Uh, manufacturers of cars are using it for... Uh, being for the workers being able to choose the right tool that if you take the wrong tool closer to the car that you are manufacturing it will shut off so you don't damage it with maybe high torque on the on the wrench or something like that um, uh, in the sporting facility it provides you data for the players should it be any, any any sport that's indoor would it be basketball ice hockey whatever whatever is inside of a building uh, you can you can tag the players and, and track their movements and provide the data to to the coaches uh, they have been very successful in retail uh, a lot of retailers um, uh, for example like IKEA are using it for tracking uh, the shopping carts and what's happening in the store uh, the routes that the shoppers are taking basically you are getting information about what's happening inside your space that you need to be um, uh, smart about basically and then you work with the data very good Um, so so, i I have a couple of questions on this one and we'll go to other examples in a moment but uh, just mm -hmm. to understand your thought process um, what is the competitive landscape of something like this Uh, and i'm asking you from a global point of view when you're investing in something like this in your local geography, what kind of a competitive landscape are you seeing? 
meaning what what other companies and their technologies are in their uh, are in their space uh, they yes. are often they're often mistaken with companies that provide bluetooth and rfid technologies i mm-hmm. would i would move those more into the consumer space maybe used in the shopping malls uh Savio provides uh, their technology that's called UWB ultra wideband so it's like mm-hmm. a very heavy duty and very precise solution so way beyond bluetooth and rfid chips those tags are pretty expensive we are talking hundreds of euros per tag so you are not able to uh put it on every box of a of an e-shop house so you would track it it would be for more expensive equipment or okay. or or workers in the warehouse so so they're in the heavy duty space and they uh they do have some competition but uh usually uh that competition would be very focused on a specific vertical on a specific thing that they provide where Savio provides the technology and the and the integrators the software integrators and their partners build whatever their customer needs based on this technology so they don't want to be mm-hmm. too focused well, they just want to provide basically the platform very interesting company now um and how do you evaluate the TAM on this company what 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 is your estimated TAM for this estimated what total available market Oh, uh uh oof. Uh since uh since the investment um uh it, two years ago we uh basically they Sebio has been selling in more than 50 countries. So pretty much because already. they they usually start with the already. Yes. Um they usually start with uh they sell you like a small kit to the software integrator that tests the technology then they usually find a solution for their for their uh for their clients and with the and the the countries and the applications that we've had have have been so wide that the numbers of the available market are staggering uh obviously in western europe and in in asia industry 4.0 is 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 a huge theme uh so uh, I, I don't have the numbers offhand, but uh, they they also started selling in the United States uh, to various different. Uh, so it's uh, they, they have seen interest from global players like Honeywell and Cisco and and and, and these companies that that provide hardware for uh, commercial technology. properties. Yep. Yes. So, so what? Uh, uh, how far have the has the company uh, gone based on your investment? So you invested in the company. The company is selling in 50 companies, uh, countries. What uh, level of revenue have they been able to get to based on your investment and that expansion uh, yes, strategy? Yes. And then uh, the follow-on question to are, that will be, where is the follow-on financing coming from? So, so mm-hmm, talk, mm-hmm, talk us through the pr- trajectory of a company like this. Yes. Uh, you are actually really gonna like it because you have uh, far more five more five more companies that uh, that fulfilled your mission <laughs> because <laughs> we basically got all of our companies to to almost exactly one million dollars in revenue in in two to three years, which is our model Fantastic. when we invest yeah. in them, uh, our average ticket would be anywhere between half a million to a million dollars, and they usually have very little revenue, low hundreds of thousands. Mm-hmm. And we we try to get them within 18 to 24 months into profitability, and uh, within two to three years to one million dollars in revenue. Now we have to understand that this is a B2B space, 
partner selling. So it's very, it's not, it's not like an internet project. It's, it's, you know, your sales cycle is anywhere between 12 to 14 months. Right. A long uh, sales cycle. And yep. Yeah. Long, long sales cycles. But once you get a customer, you usually sell five-year contracts that are based on subscription plus the sale of hardware. So it's, it's slow, but it's very solid and you build it sort of surely, but slowly, if you, if you know what I mean. So, so a uh, million dollars, and we usually like them to um, double their revenue every year. Uh, and that's, we've been so far, we, we're pretty young, uh, and it's easier in the beginning, obviously, when the company starts from nothing. But uh, all of them have reached uh, right around million dollars in revenue in, in year two. And they are, uh, and we never invest into companies that are already looking for the next investment round. We want them to be profitable. We want them to be able to finance their expansion. And if if the next financing round comes, it just accelerates this expansion. But we want them to be uh, independent. That's sort of because Ysoft has grown without any external financing. So we sort of follow this uh, follow this route. Mm-hmm. And uh, so has this company gone on for follow-on financing already? Or is it operating on a profitable basis and not taking more money? Actually, Savio was the fastest uh, company that came to profitability. Uh, they they pretty much almost didn't need the investment. It was sort of sort of funny, but uh, almost almost to a dollar, uh, they have started generating revenue uh, very very quickly. So they uh, so the the investment was more of an assurance uh, if if they went through hard times. Uh, obviously, this doesn't happen, but they are sort of the leader of our portfolio. That's that's why I also started with them. Uh, so so no, uh, they um, they are actually being more talked about by uh, big companies uh, about acquisition. It would be sort of too early, but they have already proven themselves and they have partnered yeah. up with some really large international companies and are and they are already creating revenue for them and provide a solid technology. So they might they might even skip this step actually. Yeah, that's fantastic. Actually, <laughs> in a way, um, a capital efficient company building that goes straight into acquisition is very good for entrepreneurs, especially, you know, entrepreneurs doing it for the first time. I, I see no problem at all with that model. I think it's a great model. And, so and you know, I hope that we... Okay. Yeah, go on. Please go on. Well, I, I, I hope to uh, I hope that we play a big role because, like I said, Ysoft has made many mistakes and has gone the you know the hard way to find for ourselves. And uh, I'll give you an example. Another company that is in our portfolio, um, we have just done business with them in Japan, uh, uh-huh. and it was, was from zero to money in the bank in three months. Now it took Ysoft twelve years to break into the. Japanese market. It was strategically important for us because that's where uh, Kanika Minolta, our biggest partner, is headquartered. And uh, it is very hard to sell in the Japanese market. But with us being there for so long, knowing the market, having our own person there for 20 years, uh, when we come with a good technology, we contact the right people, find the right uh, integrators or partners that could sell the technology. We went from zero to money in the bank in three months to a decent-sized corporation in Japan. Now, I this just it. doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, too, we do too. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so what is the business of this company that you're talking about? Uh, this company name is uh, Gray Cortex, and what they do is they do 
network traffic analysis in the cybersecurity space. So they basically uh -huh. uh, they install their software on third-party hardware. They take a copy of what's happening. They monitor your network and uh, they, 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 they provide you, they have machine learning, so the system learns not to give you false alarms, which is the biggest mm -hmm. issue with these types of software, and they, they protect or they, they let you know everything about that's happening um, uh, on, on your network. Uh, uh, little, uh, little fun fact was that while one of the government agencies here in the Czech Republic was testing the software, just sort of running a POC. They have actually mm -hmm. discovered, uh, you know, WannaCry um, uh, that was, that was uh, you know, the WannaCry uh, virus that was attacking the Czech government. It was actually discovered because of, uh, because of Grey Cortex test testing oh, at, the, at that time. So it gave them more, uh, more um, uh, you know, more information about what's happening in the network, and that obviously helped in the early stages, uh, early stages in the company. Very good, excellent. So, um, a slightly different line of questioning, uh, Milos, just to understand what's happening in the Czech Republic by way of entrepreneurship, and and of course, uh, acknowledging the fact that you have a very specific lens with which you're looking at the entrepreneurial ecosystem. How many companies come to you for financing? Like, what is the size of the deal flow? Mm -hmm. uh, I uh, usually talk to two to three hundred people per year, uh, okay. and I hope and I believe that they, those are already filtered by the message that we send out, uh, meaning that we focus on B two B hardware, software, mm -hmm. globally scalable. So if it's a local company, B2C space or something like that, we don't see them. And, and even with that, um, we, uh, we talk to like low hundreds of companies and then oh. um, we have invested five in the last uh, two and a half years, basically. So one, two uh, investments for us uh, per year is, uh, is what we like to see uh, because um, we... Uh, be, by being so specific and focusing on hardware, we, ha we have one advantage uh, among other VCs in the area. Our fund is not huge, so we have no pressure to quickly invest the money to satisfy right. you know, the, the investors. Number two, um, uh, the company, since we, since we provide the hands-on, we have our manufacturing facility, we have the, the hardware right. certification specialist, logistics and stuff, other VCs don't have that. So I, I'm working with some companies for more than a year before mm -hmm. I invest them because they're just not going to go anywhere else when they see what right. we can provide for them. So we like right. that. That's, that, that, that. That manages our risk and uh, we, we, uh, we can invest in later stages. Um, so... Uh, yeah, like I said, we, we, we play with small numbers, but I believe that we are very hands-on. and. Very that's a very big number. If you, if for just from your niche, you're seeing a couple of hundred ventures from that small hinterland. That's actually very encouraging that that much entrepreneurial activity is happening in, in that region. That's very encouraging because that means that other sectors are getting more in entrepreneurship as well. So it, it could conceivably, there are probably, you know, 500 to 1,000 startups uh, in action in that geography in, a, in any given time, right? Absolutely, absolutely. That would be a correct assumption, yes. Yeah, that's wonderful. Uh, it, has, it has, you know, entrepreneurship and startups have really taken off. I, 
I spent some time in the United States and I came back right when the crisis hit in 2009. And uh, I worked at, a, at, a, at an incubator that I have built into the largest incubator in the Czech Republic. And mm-hmm. uh, basically, uh, when I compare what was happening in 2009, the type of deals and the way people were presenting them, I mean, it was it was laughable. Uh, you know, the pitch decks or the actually lack of pitch decks, uh, the, the, the thick business plans that made no sense and no presentation skills, and then the whole Silicon Valley way of uh, raising money, uh, you know, came and a lot of know-how was transferred and maybe uh, more uh, uh, Western Europe VCs and US VCs uh, visited and they started doing uh, different startup accelerators and uh, and shows that, that you can win. And uh, actually winning a, a, a noticeable startup show was one of the ways that uh, some of the early successes in the region uh, basically came on the map. They just one of the ways was hey go to go to Paris, go to London, and win a startup show. That's how mm-hmm. you put yourself on a map, and it was one of the fastest ways to do that, other than you know building slowly slowly the market. So when I compare that in 2009 versus what's happening these days, uh, much improvement. Uh, um, you know, entrepreneurs are uh, better at presenting themselves, better at preparing uh, pitch decks that are actually usable and things like that. That has been a huge improvement over the years. And um, which funds are active in your region? Uh, the largest the largest uh, Czech-based fund is Credo Ventures, uh, quite a bit in the news uh, recently. Uh, and then there will be uh, like four or five venture capital funds that are sort of similar to Weisshoff, to where mm-hmm. a company like J&T Bank or, or a company that does software for trading stocks creates their own venture capital fund. But they mm-hmm. usually do what I said in the beginning. They lo- look for technologies that they later acquire, mm-hmm. and they certainly mm-hmm. use only their money. They don't open it up. But the largest local one is uh, Credo Ventures. Okay. And do you see money coming in from other parts of Europe, uh, like folks like Early Bird, for instance, that's an Istanbul-based company? Are they active in your region? They are, but it's very it's very seldom. They usually um, they usually go to Estonia. I think we are being discovered at the moment because just recently, in the last three weeks, there have been. Um, uh, one acquisition uh, of a of a company that was I believe 14 months old that got acquired for one billion Czech crowns, uh, so like 50 50 uh, million US dollars, uh, and we were usually used to acquisitions that were like half of that or even lower. And recently, we have had larger exits for the area, something that uh, we have not seen before. And there are other companies that that are reaching um, very interesting valuations. And I think that's the main point uh, where we uh, we are getting more and more discovered by by maybe the U.S. VCs and and Western VCs. And also I see maybe people from the region, like from the Czech Republic, working for funds like Sequoia and, and others that maybe mm-hmm. usually make some sort of a connection to the home country and, and at least show up at a couple of uh, startup shows and, and introduce themselves. So more and more I see that, and I think it will, it will really take off with these exits that we, that we see, and hopefully we will, um, uh, we will contribute to that as well. Very interesting. Now, um, 
there's been a couple of very interesting security companies from uh, Prague, right? Avast and AVG are both Prague-based? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. AVG was actually and, from Brno originally. And and do has that spawned a lot of um, derivative security companies in that region? Actually, the statistics that I have from maybe two or three years ago was that companies out of our region control a little over half of the antivirus consumer market in the world globally. And it would be mm-hmm. mainly to AVG, Avast, and Asset companies that, that have they have become very – this part of the world is just very good at, like, cybersecurity and antivirus. That's for yeah. sure. So that is, that is certainly – and we hope that our company, Grey Cortex, will – Pay, uh, you know, play a big role in uh, in uh, in this space. And actually, um, one thing that I forgot to mention the um, the strategy that we use is similar to Ysoft. Ysoft sold its technology through global giants like Conica Minolta and Slowly right. Xerox and, and and companies like that. So we like to find for each of our company in the portfolio the giant in their industry and we like to jump on their shoulders and and enjoy the ride basically so with yeah. every company that we have in the portfolio we look for the giant and for gray cortex um these companies that we have just talked about uh they are definitely uh good companies because they are uh from the consumer space they are also moving into the commercial one uh you know providing it for for companies not not just for households and uh, obviously, they are noticing companies like Gray Cortex because they provide the correct uh, solution for their commercial clients. Terrific. Really, it's been a pleasure listening to you, Milos, and uh, learning more about uh, your activities. I, I enjoyed very much uh, talking to Vaclav as well, and I'm, I'm thrilled to hear how much uh, activity is happening in, uh, in the Czech Republic and, and around the work that you are doing and some of your colleagues are doing. So congratulations, and uh, well, thank you. Thank let's you. keep in touch. Would, lo- would love to do so. All right. Well, listeners, thank you for listening today. And uh, as you know, you can attend our free mentoring sessions every week. Go to the website, 1mby1m.com, and you can find the schedule for our free public roundtables. If you're in the Silicon Valley or you're visiting the Silicon Valley, you're very welcome to also come to our in-person rendezvous. That schedule is also on the website. So either way, see you soon, and we'll be back soon with another round of the 1M by 1M podcast.